0: Uh, before we get into the message on the five W's of, of being a dad, I'm, I just want to say a thank you. I, I know that these props just did not come up here by themselves. I know that somebody had to work really hard, and it's going to be a fantastic week. And Bud Brunner, I, I know you have your handprint on this, so just want to do a shout out to Bud Brunner and say thank you for this. It's going to be fantastic, so thank you, Bud. <laughs> I just noticed there is a that's like a teddy bear looking something back there. Do y'all see that? Let see. I'll let y'all see it. Man, that's, that's a creature there, isn't it? How you doing there, buddy? That's, a, that's all right. Maybe I get an amen from you here in just a few minutes. Um, on a more somber and serious note, I, I you know, like like many of you, Wednesday night was just a devastating time for our country. My heart just broke. When that young man went into that church and killed those those nine people. Um, and the pastor of the church, his life was taken. And I learned this from a friend of mine out in Pensacola, Florida, Ted. And Pastor Ted said um, the next group uh, African-American people that he meets, he said he's going to stop and just tell them, I'm sorry, I love you, you're my brother. And so I did that yesterday. And it was very, very moving. Um, I just— I just went up to some African American people and I just said, guys, I, I apologize for some very misguided, demented people who do stuff like that. And I just want you to know, you're, you're my brother. And uh, I tell you, the response I got was, was really amazing. Can I encourage us to do that? When you see an African American person, and we have some in our church today, I wish we had many, many more, but just go out, go out of your way and just say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, we were at IHOP yesterday, and we ended up just loving on them and buying their their breakfast and um, and she made a statement she said you know we we have to live with this we live with this every day uh... and just you know we we we've got a ways to go as a nation with our race relations not only the way we treat people of, of, of african-american but also all all people who are different than the, our, our color of skin the, the predominant co- color of skin in america which is white so um, I, I just want to say that from my heart that um, that, that was a very... I tell you, becoming a pastor is becoming one of the most dangerous professions in America. I, I never thought I would live to see a day like that, becoming a pastor. And I just want y'all to know that there we have some protection in the house, and I am grateful to God. We have uh, armed guys who are in uniform and some who are not in uniform. And I just want y'all to know I appreciate y'all and thank you. If you ever see me walking around and there's some giants walking beside me, those are my friends, all right? And... Uh, <laughs> And they've got friends, too, all right, so thank you. All right, so we're, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 20, just one verse of Scripture, and it's a message uh, for uh, all the dads that, that are here today. And I, I, I've just been so excited about this message. It's really a different kind of sermon. It's a sermon, uh, more of a topical sermon, that deals with the topic of, of fatherhood. And I'm just going to be real personal with you and just share some of, some of my journey from being a dad. over. Uh, 24 uh, years, and just be very practical, and I hope, I really do, I hope this message is an encouragement and a blessing uh, to all of those here today that are dads and, and granddads. And I just want you to know I appreciate you, I praise the Lord for you, and I'm grateful to God uh, that you are in church on this day, and what an example you are uh, to your family. Speaking of examples of dads, I came across this from Pastor Greg Laurie, pastors out in California. And he just gave a, a statistic, and there are some statistics that just grab you, and they will not let you go. And they're so profound, and they, and they speak so powerfully to us as fathers. And this is what he said. He said, being a vital and active part of the church is something that we as dads need to pass on to our kids. A study disclosed that if mom and dad attend church regularly, 72% of their children remain faithful in attendance. If mom and dad attend regularly, if only dad attends regularly, 55% of his children will continue to go to church and to serve the Lord, If the dad only. But if the mom only attends church regularly, 15%, 15% of the children will continue to be faithful in the Lord. If mom and dad do not, neither one of them go to church. And by the way, we, we have that in America today. We have many moms and dads who have checked out, but they do allow their kids to come. But you know what? The statistic is only 6% of those kids will stay with the Lord and stay with the church if mom and dad do not both attend. But isn't that a powerful statement? 55% of kids will continue on even if just dad himself brings the children for many years, I have made it a, um, just a habit of mine to study the Proverbs every morning. And even very early this morning, had to get up just a little extra early this morning, I had my Bible open, my cup of coffee, and today is the 21st of June, so I read the 21st proverb. Yesterday was the 20th of June, so I read Proverbs chapter 20. And guys, if you've never taken on this discipline, I want to encourage and challenge you to do that. I've been doing this probably 10 years. Every morning, whatever day it is... Open up the Bible, and if you only have just a few minutes, you got a busy day ahead of you, just say a a quick prayer, but open up your Bible and read whatever chapter correlates with that day of the week or day of the month, and I promise you, it will set you on your way and it will greatly bless you. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, the righteous man walks in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. The righteous man. The Hebrew word for righteous here is sadik, and it means to be a just man. It means, yes, to be righteous. It also means to be innocent and a devout, a righteous, a devout man of God. Now notice that this sadik, this word does not mean to be perfect. God knows that we are flawed individuals, and He knows that we are going to sin, and I I personally believe we will never reach the state of perfection on this side of earth. And let me tell you something. If you have not sinned before being a parent, I promise you, you will once you have kids. They will try you, especially in those early years, those preschool years, and you will go, oh my word, Lord help me. I think God just gives us the gift of children so that we can model His love to them and it can make us even more dependent upon our Heavenly Father. And I know some of us here today, we've had some hard backgrounds, maybe we've had some dads that did check out on us and wasn't, you know, a godly figure or a model to us. I heard on the radio early this morning, that may have been your situation, but I want you to know that there is a dad. There is a heavenly Father who loves you, who will never leave you or forsake you, and He is Almighty God. And I I say that to you as a word of encouragement, because I know some of you here today, uh, you've you've had a hard time, but I commend you just because you've had a hard time and you didn't have a dad that modeled Christ for you. You are not perpetuating that. You are not passing that on to your child. You're establishing—whoo, look at that—you're establishing some new traditions. You are a godly man, and you're leading the way. Uh, for your children to come after you. James Dobson put it best many years ago when he said, parenting is not for cowards, and I believe that. To be a good dad, to be a good godly man of God, it takes great courage. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, I love this passage of Scripture, it's very familiar, but it elaborates upon the righteous man who walks in his integrity. Blessed is the man, it says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. Notice the progression of this. Have you ever noticed this? The Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He's walking at first, but then he slows down and he stands in the path of sinners, and then eventually he just sits down. It's kind of like he's given up. He's just given up on God and on righteousness and on the church, and, and, and the psalmist here, David, says, blessed is the man who doesn't do that, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the path of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Is in the law of God, in the law of the Lord, and in His law, He meditates day and night. So, men, let me encourage you with this. Every day, and and I know you're busy, and I know you're working hard, I know you've got lots on your mind, lots on your plate, but take just a few minutes and open up the Word of God, and only if you have time, read the book of Proverbs. He shall be—look at the promise here. Our text has a promise. Look at this promise. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What a beautiful, picturesque. Analogy that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Now, watch this promise. And whatever he does, he shall prosper because he is a godly man, walking in the fear of the Lord, walking in the precepts and the ways of God. Proverbs 27 The righteous man, halak. I love that Hebrew word halak. It means to, it does not mean just simply put one foot in front of the other. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. It means It's a characteristic of a lifestyle. It's a way that you walk, that you conduct yourself, that you live your life. You know, anybody can walk. Anybody can put one foot in front of the other, and that's no big deal, just like most anybody can have a child. And that really isn't that big of a deal to have a child, biologically speaking. But it is a whole different world to be a mom and to be a dad. Would you not agree? Most anybody can come together, you know, what male and females do, come together and they have an offspring, they have a, 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 a child, their posterity, their lineage will continue. But anybody can do that. Most anybody can do that. But it takes a person of commitment and integrity and righteousness to walk after the things of God. And look at this word integrity. Blessed is the man who walks in the righteousness of the Lord and, and in his integrity. In, in Proverbs 27. I love the Hebrew word here is tome. It means purity, T-O-M. Sounds like Tom, but it's tome, the, the word for integrity. And it means someone who's, no, not perfect, but they are pure and they are innocent in the way they live their life. Blessed is the man, righteous is the man who walks his integrity, his children are blessed after him. D.L. Moody, he gave a great definition of integrity. You may want to jot this down. This is, this is the best definition I've ever come across of this word tome, Hebrew word tome meaning integrity, this is what D.L. Moody said. He said integrity is who you are in the dark. Integrity is who you are when nobody's watching you. Integrity really is the man who lives for Christ within his home so that his wife and His children see Him. They can see the hypocrisy. They can see the duplicity. They can see the inconsistencies. But here's the thing I love, guys. When we walk with the Lord in integrity, and when we mess up, and we do, and we will, then here's what we need to say. We say, I'm a man of God. I'm after the heart of God, and I'm pursuing Him, and I ask you to forgive me. I just, ask you, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me for saying that? Would you forgive me for being negligent? And I want to tell you something, guys. You want to do something that will endear you to your kids? Humble yourself. Humble yourself, guys, before your children. When you mess up, hey, raise your hand if you're a dad and you've messed up. God bless you. The rest of you are lying, lying, <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire, man. You know you've messed up. You know you've, you've sinned. We've, we sin egregiously at times against our own flesh and blood, against our own family. And here's what I found that works for it. Now, not a flippant, casual, oh, I'm sorry, whatever. No, it, it's a genuine, heartfelt, I'm sorry. That, that's a man also of integrity. There's a promise in our text, too. Did you see it? It says this, Proverbs 27, the righteous man walks in his integrity. Now watch this. His children are blessed after him. You're forming a foundation. You're creating an atmosphere as you're pursuing God, as you're walking with the Lord, you're loving your wife and modeling what a godly dad, a godly husband looks like. Here's what you're doing. You're posturing You're creating an environment for your your kids to be successful. And I just want you to know, guys, the greatest gift a dad can give his children is a knowledge of the Lord. It's not teaching them how to fish or how to hunt or how to play golf and I like all those things or how to have a dog and raise a dog or how to be a or whatever, how to fight, or any of that. There's a place for all that, but I think the greatest gift a man, a real, raw bone, a man of God can give, is a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of who He is, and bringing Him to church, and teaching Him the things of God. Somebody said a happy wife is a happy life. I get that. And mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I, I, I get that. But this is not Husband's Day. This is Father's Day. And I want to tell you something, in a home, I tell you, it's very blissful and wonderful. Both the mama and the kids are happy. But guys, I'm telling you, if you'll do what Proverbs 27 says, if you will be a righteous man, walking with integrity, not duplicity, the integer, that mathematic wholeness of number, when you have a wholeness about you, not a fakeness or a falseness, but you mess up, yes, you're going to mess up, say, I'm sorry, say, hey, forgive me, I'm going to try to be a better dad, I'm going to try to do better. His children are going to be blessed after him. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so for the five W's, here's, let me give you a little background of, of where I've come up with these five W's. Um, when I entered the ministry many, many years ago, I, I'll be 51 here in a few uh, weeks in August. In night, when I was 19, I got saved, gave my life to the Lord, and and uh, was preaching. I've been preaching ever since. Really, I was actually preaching before then, but that's, a, that's another story. That's all I know how to do. I just love God, love His Word, and share His Word. But ever since 1991, when I became pastor of my first church in Keller, Texas, anybody know where Keller is? Uh, right outside the uh, the Fort Worth area, 18 miles north of Fort Worth. Um, Ashley and I we we went to that church in 1991. I was the youngest church in the old. I was the youngest pastor in the oldest church in Tarrant County. Tarrant County has like 150 churches, 144 to be exact. And they wrote up a whole article on me. And I, I there I was, just smiling, I had no earthly idea what I was getting myself into. And I became I, I was a pastor there and I served there for for 5 years and I started off early on in my ministry that I was going to disciple other men. I was going to be discipled by other men in this Uh, accountability group and this mentoring group. And so in 1991, I started that, and I'm doing it even to this day. I just believe it's so important for men to be in fellowship with other men. Chuck Swindoll says a man not in accountability with other godly men is an accident waiting to happen. That's almost worth tweeting, you know what I'm saying? Let, Let me say that again. A man... I didn't say a woman, I didn't say a female, I'm talking about a man. There's just something about us guys. We can be nitwits, amen? Ladies, not too much. Not too loud amens, okay? But we can. We can just get off the path just like that. We need other godly men looking us in the eye and saying, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Have you messed up this week? Let me encourage you. So I've been doing that now since I'm not good at math, but you can do the math since 1991 all the way up into this day as your pastor here in 2019. 20- uh, Fifteen. So here's how the 5W started. When I was pastoring in Virginia, um, I got a group of guys to pray about it like Jesus did. He prayed. I don't pray all night like Jesus did, but if you'll notice in the Gospels, before Jesus chose the men He was going to pour His life into, He spent all night in prayer. And so I pray, and I ask the Lord, usually for weeks, sometimes months, I say, I say God, who, who do you want me to spend the next uh, year of my life with in discipleship? Well, I did this in Virginia, and, uh, and the Lord led me to uh, CT and, and Marshall and, and Ken and, and Matt and uh, Greg. And those five names of guys that I just mentioned to you, four of them are NASA engineers, and the other one is a medical doctor. And here you have me, yours truly, who struggled like crazy in in school with science and math. And I thought, Lord, you must have a sense of humor. But those were very clearly the men. And I ended up spending four years with those NASA engineers, and I would have my little, I felt so important. I had my NASA badge. I failed geometry, but you don't know that. Here's my NASA badge. Yeah, I took it again. Amen. And then I'd go, I just thought I was big stuff, and we'd go into the NASA Langley, and in the midst of meeting with those guys, we developed the five W's, and I've shared this with many people. In fact, I still share it and live it, try to live it, and, um, and here's, here's what we came up with, the five W's. First of all, is walk. When you meet with other men, we, we get together and we say, how's your walk with God? It, it, it's exactly what we're talking about at the beginning of this message in, in Proverbs 20 verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after Him. What does it mean to have a walk with God? we we'll, would we'll ask those guys, how's your walk with God? Have you spent time in the Word of God this week? Have you, have you prayed this week? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And you've got five or six or seven group of men meeting every week, and, and when it's your turn and they turn to you and say, how's your walk with God? It, it is a profound experience. It really is and one of the, the NASA engineers, I'll never forget that. I think it was Marshall. Hey, I just burst out laughing when he said, and he wasn't joking. He says, well, this week I was 33.7% in my quiet time. I said, what in the world? I mean, that's just the way he thinks. His mathematical mind, he said, I made it 33.7 or 9% of my quiet time this week. I was like, that's good. I'm glad you, you computed that and figured it Hey, listen, I'm I'm not a rocket scientist, but I know some. These guys literally are men, even today, who are working on programs and things that we are sending up into orbit. But here's what was so fascinating to me. These were good, godly men who were brilliant, brilliant men. In fact, one of them, Ken, Ken Brentner, um, if you know about engineering, you know Purdue University is one of the top engineering schools in the nation. He got his undergrad there. Then he went to Cambridge in England, got his PhD. His PhD dissertation and most of his life has spent studying birds, studying the aerodynamics of birds and ducks and so forth, and taking that knowledge and making our aerodynamic airplanes and helicopters and stuff, making it better by studying a duck, studying a bird. Isn't that fascinating? No, it's a true story. He told me this. He said, I've studied I know more about birds and ducks than you'll ever imagine. And I've used my knowledge, and the, and the way God created—it sure was nice to hear in a, a Ph.D. in engineering say, God created this duck. God created this bird. Only God could create something like that. And he, He's taught us. Today, He's at Penn State University. He is associate professor of engineering, aerodynamic, aeronautical engineering, and he was one of those guys sitting, sitting right there, Ken Brentner. So we came up with walk. How's your walk with God? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you in fellowship with the Lord? How's how's your quiet time? How's your prayer time? How's your walk with God? I tell you guys, it's wonderful. It's fascinating. I'm praying now, God show me the next group of men that you want me to pour my life into at Great Hills Baptist Church. And I love this last group that I had with these guys. I love all the groups I've had. But this last group, it it was just fun. I think all of those guys in some ways that were in that group they had a call of God on their life, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if all of them ended up in pastoral ministry sometime, somewhere, and I'm not trying to put no anything on any of you, but I just, I just sense that, that God's just in these guys, and, and, and if it's not to be a pastor, it's to be what they're doing, serving the Lord and just being in the church and being men of God and leading out. So we came up with walk. Number two, we ask, uh, how's, your, how's your wife? And that's always fun. We'd ask, um, how how are you treating your wife? And this would always bleed into not only wife, but also children. Now remember the context. These are men sitting in a room talking about their walk with God and how they treated their wife this week. It's fascinating. It's so fun. In fact, Ken Brentner, he's the the aeronautical engineer guy, He, he threatened us one time. He says, guys. I think I ought to just call your wives and tell me, see if you're telling me the truth. And I thought, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. And so I don't know if he ever did. He may, he may have. But how are you treating your, your wife? The Bible says, husbands, we are to agape. We are to love our wives just as Christ. Come on now. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And so we would... Um, We'd ask one another, how, how are you doing in your relationship with your wife? And Gil, Gil Johnson, he's at Southwestern Seminary now. He used to be a member of our church. I guess he still is. But him and Mari and their three kids, they live up in Fort Worth now. But he met with us, Daniel. He was with us for a number of months. But he, he was convicting to me. He was, I don't I don't say he was annoying, but he, he was just convicting. If he was annoying, it was because it convicted me. You ever, you ever notice that? When you get convicted by the Lord, you think the other person's annoying. You know, he would say this. My wife and I pray together every night at 9:45. And I was like, "That's annoying. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do that." You know? And then he goes, "No, no, guys, you ought to try it. Every night, not a night goes by that I do not pray with my wife." And so Ashley and I, we. You know, when the kids were little, man, we had lots of devotions and lots of prayer time, but we kind of gotten away with that in that, say, oh, really? Yeah, until Gil. So now I'm about half asleep. My wife, sometimes she's about passed out. I'm like, honey, I'm thinking of Gil. We we need to pray. And so now probably three or four times a week, we we just pray together. It's a sweet time. Daniel shared with us. Him and Cherie, they don't miss a day. They don't miss a night where they pray with each other. Is that not right? And Daniel says, it may be... Sheree, i gotta, I got to tell you what he really said. This is funny. He said her, her red hair may all be all tangled up. And she'll look at him and say, honey, God bless you. I'm going to just say a quick prayer for you. Jesus bless him. Amen. And that's their prayer for the day. But they pray with one another every day. Is that all, is that all right, Sheree? Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. I ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But praying with... Our wives, treating our wives with respect, you know, the Bible says, husband, dwell with your wives with understanding. First Peter 3, 7, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, watch this, that your prayers may not be hindered. And some of you ladies are looking at me going, I don't know if I like that or not. I'm talking about the weaker vessel. And Let me give you a little explanation about what that means. <laughs> By and large, men are stronger than women, unless you're some Bulgarian-Ukrainian beast of a woman. Most of the time, I'm sorry, I, I, that's nothing against Ukraine or Bulgaria, but y'all know what I'm saying? Unless they've got hair you know, under the armpits, you know, they, most of the time the men are, they're usually stronger than the women. And I heard Adrian Rogers talk about this one time, this is, and I'll never forget this. He said, let me ask you something, guys. You think you're all high and mighty because of 1 Peter 3, 7? Let me ask you a question. What is more valuable, an iron pot or a porcelain vase? He said, yeah, the iron pot's stronger, and the vase is weaker, but what is more—ladies, that was a good time to say, amen, brother, daddy, amen, okay, thank you, good, God, amen. Even the bear said amen back here, thank you, amen. All right, so how are we treating our, our wives? I'll tell you something. I know this is a very, very practical message, and I'm going just a little bit longer, but you know, Ashley turned 49 the other day, and uh, I know she did, 49. And um, I say the other day, it was actually May the 29th, and uh, there's no question in her mind where she wanted to go eat dinner. We still, Friday night, Ashley and the kids, whoever is home from college or whatever. We, if we can find a good movie, we'll go to a good movie, but every Friday night we eat together. Goodness, we've been doing that forever. I mean, we just go out. It not have to be no big nothing, but we just hang out, and, and we we're like, Mom, where do you want to go? We, we knew exactly where she wanted to go. Every lady has a, their favorite. Hers is hula hut, all right, hula hut. Mama loves her some pineapple, chicken, and barbecue sauce on the side, and she gets fruit, gives us the fries, whatever, and she's all healthy like that. And so we're sitting there, and Bryant had this brilliant idea. He says, guys, he says, why don't all four of us, three siblings and dad, why don't we, on mom's birthday, why don't we tell her the three reasons why we think she's just a mason? And we did that. I did, that was powerful. And Bryant, I appreciate you doing that. And, and And I've actually saved them. I don't know if I've told you all this, but I've got them in my phone. And uh, my wife's the best person I ever met. I want to grow up and be like her. But anyhow, we we gave them. (laughs) We gave the—all three of us, all four of us gave three. Four times three is sweet. She has 12 of those. She was in tears. We were all kind of getting choked up a little bit about it. Y'all may want to try that. Just with mom on her birthday or, or dad on your birthday, just say, Here's the, now listen, if you do that and your kids are going, uh, well, I don't know anything, then that's not good, okay? You, you want them to be able to think, you know, quickly, and oh, and this is, this is a reason why. How are you treating your wife, guys? How are you treating your wife today? Being a good dad, being a good husband, man, that's what God's called us to be, men of God, men of faithfulness. Let me go quickly through these others. We would ask each, each other, how, how is our witness? Who have we shared the gospel with this week? Listen, Fred Campbell was in our last group. Whoo! If y'all know Fred, he's on oh Man, he's strong. I mean, he, he witnessed not to one person, but like 15 people every week. And we would all kind of get a little nervous, you know. But Fred, he just, it would inspire us. It would motivate us. And if one or two of us would say, well, I really didn't share with anybody this week, here's what we would do. Here's what we would not do. We would not take our Bible and say, you reprobate, just beat them, you know, over the head. You heathen. We wouldn't do that. We would say, hey, you didn't share the gospel this week. Let's pray that you'll do better this week. I found that men respond good to that. I mean, they're already under conviction. They haven't told anybody about Jesus all week. They haven't even invited nobody to Great Hills Baptist Church. They're like, man, I just blew it this week. I just got all busy. And I I had an opportunity. I just omitted it. And we'd say, that's okay. It's okay, Daniel. We do it better. Do better next week. Just kidding with you, Daniel. Do, do better next week. And let's let's tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, walk after me, mimic me, and I will make you fishers of men. I tell you guys, you want to do something that'll stretch your faith and make you grow more in Jesus than anything else you could ever do, that's has to share your faith. And you will not be stymied, you will not be a dwarf spiritually if you make it a continual habit of witnessing and telling other people about the Lord, and even inviting them, invite them to to great hills. I know that's not witnessing, but that's a step. That's something all of us, all of us can do. Why don't we ask you all to do that this week? Why don't all the men this week tell somebody about Jesus? And um, if you can't get the nerve, the courage to actually share the gospel, then we'll give you these little cards. Just hand these cards out to people and say, hey, I want to invite you uh, to my church. And you will grow. God will bless you for it. And our church will be blessed for it. Number four is work. All guys like to talk about work. Amen. They just do. You know, two ladies sit down and talk. They say, well, how's your, who, tell me about your family. Most guys sit down and look at each other and say, what do you do? That's just what we do. What do you do? You know, don't worry about the wife and the kids. And what, what, what do you do for a living? And so work is important. And it's fun to get with guys and just listen to them pour out their hearts about their concerns, their complaints, their, their struggles of trying to be a godly man in a very ungodly world. And so it was fun. I loved it. Just meeting with them and encouraging them. Speaking about work, guys, let me encourage you with this, bond bondservants, bondservants, all of us who have jobs, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Give your best. Now watch this. In whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. I could spend a lot more time on that, but I'll just suffice it to say it's good when guys get together and we get to talk about what we do and and the joys and the struggles that we have in our occupations. Now the last one. Oh, this last one's tough. This last one, remember I told you we had a medical doctor in our original group? This is his doing, okay? This is Matt's doing. And Matt says, guys, we we literally, we sat in a room, we created these five W's in in that NASA engineering room, and he goes, and eventually we moved over to the church, to my office there at the church, and we met for the last couple years. So anyhow, he came up with wellness, and here's what we'll ask one another. How are you eating? How are you exercising? Are you taking care of this physical temple that God has given you? And we all kind of drop our heads, you know, say, man, I blew it this week, ate 15 cheeseburgers, you know, and a bunch of fries, and man, I just got to get back on it. It's just not healthy. And, you know, guys, I have found, and ladies, this is for us, for you as well, that a lot of our issues can be traced back to our poor health, that we're just not taking care of these temples, these bodies that God has so crafted and given us, and when we take care of them, and when we eat properly, when we exercise like we should— it, makes a, it just makes a huge difference. I, I go to Lifetime Fitness over 620, and one of my buddies there, Matt, still working on him to get him to come to church here, but Matt tells me, he says, it's cheaper than counseling. He tells me that all the time. It's cheaper than counseling. And there's a lot of truth to that, just being in there and taking care of your, of your physical body. So I'm going to try to practice what I preach on this, and let me, let me tell you a couple stories, and then we'll wrap it up. So... About 2004, I was actually hefty, I was a little hefty, and uh, I had about 15 pounds that I carried right here. Guys, I don't know what it is, but for me, it's right here, and it was right here. And I was a little chubby bunny. I had had my little cheeks, and I had my little belly, about 15 pounds worth, 12 to 15 pounds worth. And I thought, well, that's no big deal. I'll just work out, and weights, and I hate cardio. I don't want to do anything that looks like a treadmill. Why would anybody want to run when somebody's not chasing them? Amen? Don't want to run. Don't want to do that. I just had no desire for that whatsoever until I went to the doctor and had my blood work done for life insurance. Guys, if you don't have life insurance, please, please, please let me encourage you to get life insurance and bless your wife, bless your children, and bless Great Hills Baptist Church. That's what I've done. I'm worth a whole lot more dead, I'm telling you, than I am alive. But Great Hills is going to be blessed. You say, well, what? why would you do that? Are you going to change your policy if God pulls you off and takes you somewhere else to serve? Absolutely not. I believe in this church. I believe God is on the brink of doing amazing great things at Great Hills. And so I'm laughing because it's kind of a morbid thought. Life insurance, die. Great Hills gets my money or some of it. Amen. Kids, y'all are okay. You'll get a bunch. So no, no problem. <laughs> And the doctor said, "Uh, sir, we've taken your blood, and have you ever heard of triglycerides? I said, "Having a clue. He said, well, that measures the blood, the the sugar content in your blood, and anything over 150, it's really not good. Let me tell you what yours is. I was like, yeah, 539. I said, what? It scared me. He said, yeah. He says, what are your eating habits? I was thinking, every night. Hannah bakes chocolate chip cookies, and I eat them every night. And I drank Cokes and Dr. Peppers and sweet tea. I mean, just jacked up on all that stuff. I just love that stuff. I quit cold turkey. I, 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 last week, I had my first really full big Dr. Pepper in since 2004, or whatever that was. And I mean, I mean really, I, it went from 539 to 89, my triglycerides did. And, uh, and, and I've changed uh, the treadmill, the running. I've actually got to the point where I enjoy it. That's weird, isn't it? Enjoy. I enjoyed it so much I did a triathlon this morning. I did. Did you know you did? Liar, liar, pants on fire. You didn't do no triathlon. I did this very morning. I got up at 4 o'clock, drove over to Lake Pflugerville and jumped in the water like a crazy man and swam as fast as I could with a bunch of older guys my age i never seen so many people in a lake. I mean, this place was packed out. And we swam, and then we hopped out of the water, and then I jumped on a bike. I rode my bike. It was pouring down rain. I was just having a fine time. I was just smiling. I was having a good time. And then until I got off the bike, and then I had to run for about three miles, and I did that. And, uh, man, I feel good. I don't feel like I'm about to pass out or anything. Last couple times I tried this, had like cramps here and all this. So. Gary, did y'all make it back? Gary and Christine, I've got to give y'all a shout out. Gary and Christine Jones saved myself today. They stood there. They took pictures of me. They cheered me on and go pastor, go pastor. And then when it was over, I could not get back to my stuff. And so Gary and Christine stayed and collected all my stuff because I had a little gig going on 11 o'clock. Amen. I had to get back. I had to get here at church. And so, uh, you should have seen me trying to explain that to the people there at, um, at Pflugerville. And, and one person we went up to, and we thought, I was praying, Gary, I didn't tell you, they said, Lord, give us a person of peace, because I could not get in there and get the key to my car. And I walked up to this lady, and she says, I said, ma'am, this is going to sound really strange, but I'm actually a pastor, and i got to get back to church. She says, I know who you are, and I was like, what? My hair's sticking up, got that little tidy shirt on. By the way, I don't wear them speedo. Looks. That's sick. I do not wear that is sick. <laughs> Whew. That's bad thoughts. I have I have the bathing suit. They're tight to here, and so after I get out of the water, I even put a pair of shorts on, even for that. So just whatever. And she goes, I know who you are. You're the pastor at Great Hills. I said, What? And she said, Yes, and, and she knew me, so she kinda helped us and got us what we needed, got my stuff, got back, rushed back to the church. Church, y'all bless me. You've given me a shower back there. I was able to take a shower, and I was able to make it. And that's wellness. I believe in it. Guys, I believe. I'm, I'm trying to practice all of these. The walk, the way I treat Ashley, uh, the way I treat you, try to give my best at work, I try to witness every week, try to witness every day, actually. And then wellness, uh, I, I want to. You know, guys, we only got one shot this life. I, I want to give my best. You know, I want to give my best to you. I want to give my best, more importantly, to Jesus. And I want to give my best to my family. And so, guys, I, 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 don't, I hope this message has encouraged you. I hope it's uh, motivated you. And the last thing I want to share with you is this. Couldn't wait to share this. The cross. You ever thought about the cross? A cross is a vertical beam bisected by a horizontal beam. A vertical beam bisected with a horizontal beam. The cross upon which Jesus died gives us our salvation. And it's Mercy Me's new song, I love it. It says, because of the cross, we're flawless. We're cleansed through the blood of Jesus. And if you've never Met Jesus, or if you've never committed your life to Him, surrendered yourself to Him, I invite you to do that. Gentlemen, especially. Oh, gentlemen, I beg of you to do that this very day. But here's the thing also about the cross the Lord showed me. And I remember sharing this with someone that was walking away from God, walking out of fellowship with God. And I said it, you know, a lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Can I say that again? A lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it, especially in witnessing to people. So I was sharing this with a guy, and I said, let me share something with you. I said, when the vertical's right, everything takes care of itself. When you know the Lord and you're walking in fellowship with Him, it's amazing how the horizontal relationships of family, friends, occupation, it just has an amazing way of working out when you're when you're rightly connected to the Lord. i leave that with you, men, to think about that. Let's, let's pray together and have our invitation. i just ask you guys, especially if you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to have some men of God up here near the stage, pastors and deacons. And, and this invitation's open to everybody, but especially to those of you that are men of the male gender. And you would say, Brother Danny, truth be known, I I think I'm 0 for 5 today on all five of the W's. And I I just think I've blown it. And I just want you to know, Brother, I want you to know something. We are thrilled that you're here. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to build you up. We're here to say, hey, ask the Lord to forgive you, and let's go out and do better this time. Maybe you're here today, guys, and you just need somebody to pray with you. You need somebody to encourage you. Man, we got some good godly men going to be standing up front here. I, I tell you, there's going to be uh, Brother Ross and Brother Daniel and some of our deacons and Nate. and, and, and man, Come take one of these guys by the hand and just say, hey, would you, would you pray for me? Would you, would you pray that I could do better in my... Then you, you just fill in the blank, okay? It's a place of grace, guys. It really is. It's a place... You can find hope and help and healing. You can find Jesus right here. And I want to encourage you. Brother Terry's going to sing for us, and our praise band's going to lead us. Right after I pray, I'm going to ask you to stand. And guys, I ask you not to hesitate. Maybe you want to come even now while I'm praying. Come to the altar, or just come and just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your help. Would you help me? Would you encourage me? So God, thank you for these men. you are good men. We've got some many good godly men at great Hills, and I appreciate them. Lord, for those who are thriving in their relationship with you, I say, thank you, Lord. I rejoice with those who are rejoicing today. But Lord, those that are stumbling and those that are tripping up, those, Lord, that are giving in to pornography and just giving in to not being the righteous man of God they should be, Lord, I'm praying for him right now. And God, he would see that you are a God of grace, you're a God of forgiveness, but you love us way too much to leave us the way we are. So, Lord, I pray this would be a day, a good, good day, where some men just got turned on to Jesus. And they met him, they were gloriously saved and changed. So, Lord, bless our invitation. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? God bless you. Thank you. Let's stand as we sing.